Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flavor of the Week, brought to you by Cap and Cork Beer, Wine, and Spirits, with 15 locations in Fort Wayne and New Haven. In good spirits, in good company. In Flavor of the Week, Kyle sits down with one of our local priests over four different episodes to sample variations of a favorite food or drink while they discuss the ins and outs of life as a priest. This is Kyle Hyman. Welcome back to Flavor of the Week. This is our part two of our discussion with Father Craig Borchard. And last week we tried the banana bread beer. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, I had never had anything like it before, but it's it's delicious. It's totally delicious. Yeah. Absolutely. What did you choose for us today? Uh, we have the Unveiled Brewing Company Double mm-hmm. IPA. Okay which will be very different than our banana bread from last week. Yeah. That was an imperial stout. We probably should go like bitter to sweet, right? Is that the, is that the <laughs> We're going the right, right direction, progr- but whatever. We'll just roll with it. <laughs> all right, all right. You seem to be very into and interested with beer. Have you ever tried brewing your own? I have not. Um, I have this day job that uh, <laughs> kind of takes up a lot of my time. Yeah. So I have other hobbies as well. I've never brewed beer, but my super close friend, um, Scott, he does brew his own beer and he makes some good, delicious stuff. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, so should we try the... Uh, cheers. Cheers. Now for something completely different. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's good. It's, I don't know what it's called. It doesn't seem to have a name. There is a uh, a bunny on the can. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> <laughs> a little different than the banana bread, but it's good. Yeah, I like it. All right. So last time you talked a little bit about your, well, quite a bit about your faith journey uh, from chemistry to engineer to priest. And one of the things that I, I'm kind of curious about, you talked about in high school when you were at this retreat, having this experience and recognizing Jesus in the Eucharist at adoration, did that feeling, that overwhelming feeling of that God is present in here, did that ever go away? Or every time that you're in adoration, do you have that feeling? Or was that like a one-time event? Or how do you experience that? That's a great question. So the emotional side of the experience was in a way kind of a I would call it like a one-time particular grace that Mm -hmm. the Lord gave me. The sort of emotional explosion element of it was kind of a singular experience. But the deeper encounter, I had this encounter with the person of Jesus, that deeper encounter never went away. The deeper element of knowing that God is with me, um, not just intellectually, but in my heart of hearts, no, that never did go away. It was a a huge shift in my life where I had faith, you know, in a, in a way. I mean, I was had this certainty almost, you could call it, of God's presence. So it is true that, you know, anybody will go through, and myself too, you know, you go through your periods of, right, consolation and desolation, as St. Ignatius of Loyola teaches us, periods where you feel maybe a little closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. feel maybe a little more distant from Him. But that deeper experience of like, knowing that God is there, that the Eucharist truly is the Lord in a way that didn't go away, which was how I knew that it was real, that it wasn't just, you know, oh, I went on a retreat and I had an emotional high. Right. There was something else. There was a peace that I had. There was a clarity in my life. There was something did change, something different. It wasn't just that emotional moment. Yeah, I would say a greater peace in my life. I was a very... I mean, I still am a spastic person, but I was like extra anxious and just spastic all the time. And there was just a greater 
clarity, a greater peace in my life. So in a way, it didn't go away. No. Do you think that's yeah. something that we can create or earn? Because I think for most of us, we don't have that experience. And as much as we might believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist or doubt it, we want that experience of, I want to feel something mm. and never have. Is there a trick to it? Mm-hmm. Or is it just a grace that some people get and some people don't? Wow. Going deep. I like this. So, wow. Faith is a gift, right? Can it be earned? Not directly. No, it can't be. Because faith is a free gift from God, right? Uh-huh. Faith is that, that free gift. And God's love is unconditional. So it doesn't depend on anything that we do, right? It's, it's an unconditional love. Now, there are, and we have to be a little careful. Perhaps we're not just seeking, right, the feeling, mm-hmm. the butterflies, the feel-goody thing. Now, that's great if the Lord gives it to us. Mm-hmm. Praise God. If he gives us that thing that feels awesome when I'm at prayer, or when I go to mass, or when I'm in adoration, that's great. But if we don't have that, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're doing something wrong. Okay. Because the Lord sometimes chooses, he communicates to people in different ways, right? So maybe for another person, their faith is maybe a little more intellectually focused and that they encounter the Lord maybe on an intellectual level or in other ways. So, no, I don't think it can be earned necessarily. I don't know if there's a trick to it. I think, though, one thing you can do, actually a seminarian taught me this. I was struggling with kind of like the charismatic gifts and I was a little skeptical Uh, about that and people are raising their hands in prayer and speaking in tongues and there's these different things and I always remember thinking I just I don't know like I don't know what to make of all of this Mm -hmm. I don't know like how to do that just do it and I remember the seminarians just said just ask for it Uh just ask for it and see what the Lord does yeah and I would say something similar here just what happened ask the well did you ask for it? I did. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I didn't at first, to be honest, because I was being totally weak sauce and I was afraid, actually. I don't, and I confess that, you know, but I did come huh. around the bend eventually and I said to the Lord, All right, whatever this is, Lord, I ask you to show me, you know, and if it is something, a gift that you want me to experience, then give it to me. And I did praise and worship holy hours at, at the seminary and did start to gain better appreciation and love for the charismatic gifts of the spirit, but, and did start to experience some of them myself a little bit, but to go back to the question of faith, I would say, just ask the Lord to do something extraordinary in your life and be bold in your prayer. Be really bold. A good spiritual director taught me that once. Don't hold back, like really kind of go after it in prayer in the Lord. And the Lord will answer prayers in unexpected ways. I never I never asked the Lord, give me an experience of you in senior year of high school yeah. at Kairos retreat. You know, I just, I just asked the Lord, like, I'm struggling with faith. I don't know if you're there. Show me, show me yourself, Lord. And then he chose this particular way to do it. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's almost, you just ask the Lord to show himself to you and he'll do it in an unexpected way. That's particular to you. This is what's awesome about an infinite God yeah. is that he can choose a particular way for you to communicate that. So yeah, I'm maybe dancing around the question a little bit. No, but. I, I like that because I have not had an experience as you describe, but I've had other experiences that have given me that confidence sure, and assurance that God is there. Such as? Uh, for me, it's been a very intellectual okay. one of like apologetics and stuff yeah. of, of like, why is this true? And when somebody explains, the teacher's like, oh, now I get it. And I was just like, 
God has to exist because this and this and this and this. More than a, an emotional thing. Sure. It's been an intellectual thing. Not that the emotional part isn't right. part of our relationship with God also. Yeah. But God can work with different people in different ways. Yeah. And, I think too, part of it was I was an adolescent. I was a teenager. So the yeah. Lord chose emotions, you know, an emotional experience to communicate to me huh. because I was a teenager. I mean, it spoke to me. <laughs> yeah. So a, a slightly related question is you talked about two specific times where God spoke to you. One was at communion time and God saying he wanted your hands. Yes. Yes. Right. And the second time at your ordination mass yes. saying our hearts beat as one. Yes. Something like that. Yes. How having not had God speak to me or something that I can describe that way, how would you describe that experience? Do you actually hear a voice? Oh, sure, sure. Or short answer, not exactly. Okay. So St. Ignatius of Loyola's Rules of Discernment of Spirits has been extremely helpful for me okay. in this area. So what I do, and, and I, I give thanks to God for the gift of IPF, which is the Institute for Priestly Formation out in Omaha, Nebraska, mm-hmm. on Creighton University's campus. So I learned how to, you know, how you discern the spirits. So if you do hear something in prayer, how do you know if that's the Lord's voice, if that's the enemy's voice, or mm-hmm. if maybe that's just me, right? you know, just right. making something up, right. right? How do you know the difference between those things? And Ignatius has the rules of discernment, you know, and there's different things that you can look at. One thing is you just analyze a little bit, what's the reaction in my heart and my soul to this thing, right? So sometimes I'll be in prayer, wherever, and I'll hear something and all of a sudden, I get really anxious. Mm-hmm. It causes me anxiety. It causes me stress, worry, fear, doubt. And if I'm in good self-control, I'll realize, oh, wait a minute. That's probably not the Lord's voice. Because <laughs> uh-huh. the Lord, I, I use the image of currency. Those aren't denominations of bills for Jesus, for our God. He doesn't use anxiety as a $10 bill you know, and stress as a $20 bill and <laughs> right. fear as a $5 bill. He doesn't use those denominations of currency. Okay. That's not how he works with us, right? The Lord uses peace, joy, surety, <laughs> love, faith, right? Hope. I mean, those are, those are the denominations of currency that the Lord uses. So that's an example where I know, okay, that's not the Lord's voice. Mm-hmm. So in these experiences that you referenced, and actually when it when I know that it's the Lord, there's just an immediate like gut reaction, like, oh, that, that was the Lord. I just know right away. When it's the enemy, it sometimes it takes a second because you start listening and he's like, oh gosh, you're, and the enemy will say something like, you're just a mess. And how could you have said that? Oh, you're just so bad that you said that and you hurt that person so badly. And, and you start listening to it and you start believing it a little bit. And it, starts turning over in your head, right? And you're thinking, gosh, I really am bad. I really am terrible. Oh my gosh. And it takes a second. You have to stop yourself. Whereas my experience has been with the Lord. It's like immediately I know. (laughs) Okay. So those were two experiences where those words were uttered to me and there was just immediate clarity and peace that, okay, that was the Lord. That was a message. You know, that was something that he wanted to tell me. Is it a voice that I hear, so to speak, physically? No, it's more of a spiritual experience. I can't tell you what the voice sounds like because it's not that kind of voice, yeah. right? Like I'm hearing voices. It's not like that. It's it was, it's, it's something interior. Um, the Lord just, yeah, it, it happens. Um, can be hard to explain, but but that those those rules for the, the discernment of spirits that, you know, St. Ignatius points out, those can be very helpful 
the trickiest one I find is when it's me. If I am just saying something to myself in my Uh head, that's the one that can be a little hard to uh, sometimes figure out. Is this just me like saying whatever? And that's the one you got to be a little more careful about. And you got to take that to prayer. Like, okay, Lord, I thought about this the other day. What was that? You know, and just just Mm -hmm. talk to the Lord about it. And sometimes it'll take a little while and I'll realize later. Or I take it to my spiritual director and say, hey, this is what's going on. And, um, you know, he'll help you kind of figure all that out. So does that kind of help? Should everybody have a spiritual director? A well, yes. I think it's <laughs> it's best for clerics in particular need a spiritual director. Young men or women discerning a vocation to the priesthood of religious life absolutely need a spiritual director. Other people absolutely too, yes, can have a spiritual director. Unfortunately, there's, you know, only so many priests. And <laughs> so there can be, you know, obviously there's a difficulty there. And spiritual direction is a, a beautiful relationship, but it, it's one that is an investment of time. And But at the same time, I think for people who maybe can't necessarily get a spiritual director, maybe their priest doesn't have the training or, or is unable to absolutely have a regular confessor though, to have a priest that you can go to on a regular basis who you can do your confessions with. Hmm. And that is not a substitute for spiritual direction, but certainly there's something helpful there. But if your priest is able and and willing, absolutely, I think it's a great thing. But at the same time, don't be offended <laughs> if a priest is unable because we're stretched, you know, we're stretched sure, thin. So, sure. and and I would include the vocation to marriage in there. Good priests, uh, good marriages beget good everything. Yeah, sure. <laughs> good families, good kids, good society, good, and then good priests and sisters and nuns as well. So, yeah, yeah. All there right. was a third follow-up question. I think you had two, and we're out of time. Oh my gosh! Okay, so we'll have to save it for next time. How do you feel about the Unveiled Brewing Company? Good. Let me take another IPA. sip here. Again, yeah. I'm talking too much, not drinking as much. I suppose that's good. That's good. You know, this like would be it. great for like just like a warm summer day out yeah, on the porch. It's crisp. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other one was a little better for winter. Yeah. Winter now, but this would yeah. be great for like the spring or the summer. But it's good. Yeah. It's, it's crisp. It's not too aggressive either. The hops aren't too aggressive. It's just a nice balance. That'd be a great like tailgating or just out with your buddies on the porch or something. That's right. good stuff. Well, stick around because we've got more to talk about in a future episode. Uh, Flavor of the week with Father Craig Borchard. Mm-hmm.